0: How often would you say you look at public betting data when placing your bets? You may not really think it matters where the public and sharp bettors are putting their money, but it does. When you go into the Action Network and you look at those little numbers, the, the bet percentage and the money percentage in the blue sharp differential, keep these things in mind. Insanely positive trends surface every week, like the ones we discussed in today's episode, including a 20 and 3, 20 and 7, and 65 and 34 trend. You won't get this information anywhere else, so stick around so you can learn to leverage this information as well. Every week, I keep track of where the public and money fall on every game in the NFL, and I bring that data to you here on Sharpen the Public. In today's episode of Sharpen the Public, Rick and I recap Week 9 in the NFL and how it affected our public betting trends. You'll find out what ranges the public and money are most and least profitable in, how we are taking advantage of the totals right now, and what to look for as we continue compiling this interesting data. As always, thank you so much for checking us out. We really, really appreciate you. I please ask you to share the podcast with someone else who finds this stuff interesting because we're small and it helps us out a lot anyways it's time to sharpen the public let's go welcome to sharpen the public an nfl and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors the only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets i'm your host dj bianco years ago i started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the nfl I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the sharps perform when they're more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when the spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic. And if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is, of course, Sharpen the Public back with my co-host here, Rick. We are without Andy today. He is out at the Charlotte Hornets game. Shout out to his local team and LaMelo Ball. He's got some great seats. I think he's in the club box or something. So we're missing him this week, but he's got a lot of great NBA content coming out constantly and he's going to see it in person. So it's exciting stuff for us at Happy Hour Sports for him. But yeah, how's how's it going, Rick? How are you doing?
1: Uh, Been good. Um, It it was an interesting weekend. Sunday, I planned on uh, getting ahead on my UFC article a bit um, and watching NFL all day, and I had a virus on my computer that I dealt with for 10 hours, so uh, (laughs) thankfully, NFL was on, uh, so I was able to at least be sane during that process, but uh, not necessarily the way I wanted to spend it, but all in all, uh, a solid NFL week for me. I think I ended up, yeah, uh, just under half a unit, so... Uh, nothing to complain about, but
0: nothing to write home about either. Just under half a unit. How many bets did you place? You've been placing um, forty, fifty bets. Yeah, only twenty five total. So okay, not too bad. Yeah, it was a pretty relaxing week.
1: Again, I didn't really take the time to go crazy, given the nature of of my Sunday afternoon.
0: So yeah, that's, that's pretty shitty happening after building a you know a nice new big PC and then having something crazy like that happen. It's just a natural process.
1: Right. Hey. Well, it still works, and now I'm plugged into the Ethernet. So, as far as my connection and my audio going in and out, that shouldn't be the case. So perfect. Yeah. Hey, good for the still pod, yeah. still improvements.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good. For, good for the pod for sure. So, how about yours? Uh, my weekend was good. NFL wise, it was not as great as I'd like it to be. We're hitting pretty consistently on the on the total trends. I think we're doing pretty well there. Looking at all the public betting trends and stuff, and my play of the day hit. What that was the Dolphins Bears easy over. Uh, mm-hmm. So pretty exciting to see that happen, but missing a bit on the spreads. I liked the Lions, but took the Packers based on I don't know a couple, couple things I saw. Trying to trying to force a couple plays last week, so I tweeted out I'm not gonna let it happen again. Gonna, gonna try and avoid that type of I don't know week again, where I see things that I don't like and I still take them because of trends. Because that's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like use the trends you know, to my advantage when I like plays. So hopefully that works Mm -hmm. out for us in the future, but it's a learning process. Yeah, it's tough too, because
1: you see the trends be so successful and you want to just blindly tail at times or force plays out, like you said. But yeah, it's always, we always try to to enhance our own uh, individual plays with the trends rather than just uh, picking based off trends. I don't really advise that. So
0: we live and we learn. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a, it's a feeling out process trying to figure out how we want to bring picks to, you know, these articles and stuff but we're doing well and obviously a lot of the trends are doing well and we're getting a lot of feedback on Twitter and Reddit of people doing well following trends like this. So really, really exciting stuff. And I will, before we start getting into the trends and stuff, I want to say thank you guys, to you listeners because happy hour sports is, is, is growing up a bit and we're doing pretty well. We just hit our major milestone of 10,000 viewers in a month on our website. So shout out to you guys for, for, you know, sticking with us and, Showing love on our content we really really appreciate it and it's and it's keeping us moving so we're going to keep grinding and keep hitting our, our goals uh faster than we ever could have anticipated so thank you
1: yeah it's it's been a wild ride since uh since we started back i think the idea spurred back in in april and so uh we've grown exponentially uh, if you look at like our views and stuff um it's it's been continuing to grow and that's uh that shows that you guys are resonating with some of the content that DJ's promoting on on the nfl side and and UFC and basketball. And we've got more that we're rolling out. Um, I think we're going to do a, a world cup preview here and we've got college basketball coming up now uh, as it's getting into full swing. So uh, there's more to come. Uh, We're going to continue to grow. Uh, We're continuing to add people into the mix and um, put forth our our best foot forward. So I hope you guys continue to enjoy the content that we're promoting and that we can continue to uh, find different ways and avenues uh, to entertain, but also cover things that aren't covered elsewhere within sports media, um, like DJ and, and the uh, public first money trends and stuff that aren't really as analyzed at a deep level um, as he's been able to. So,
0: yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent at D J H H Sports. Now with the blue check, no big deal um, on Twitter, and then Rick's at Rick H Sports on Twitter as well. But yeah, to reiterate, a lot of great things going on. We're gonna keep pushing. We've got daily content with NBA, uh, college football, uh, weekly soccer, weekly UFC, obviously weekly. NFL with the stuff that I bring but we're going to continue growing and it's really exciting to see but yeah with that why don't we start talking about the trends which is why everyone's here time to sharpen the public per usual <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so last week we we just saw the public go 10 and 5 against the spread right we kind of talked about how we figured we should just honestly fade the public because of there's no chance they could go positive the next week. And had you done that, you would have went five and six and two. They pushed twice. There were 13 games this week, um, but you would have went five and six. If you fa- uh you would have went six and five. I'm sorry. If you faded the public, the public went five and six against the spread this week. So nothing really too crazy. I kind of took a peek back at a lot of the weeks previous. They would do good one week and then they'd go neutral a week or two. And then there would be a, a bad jump or a bad spike. So I expect we'll see that shortly or soon, but just something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's um, uh, five and six
1: weeks. I feel like it's very par for the course for the public. i um, hitting just below 500, but yeah, we definitely felt, definitely felt they were going to bounce back after 10 and 5. That wasn't sustainable for the public, and uh, here we are. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you, though. Nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too much to write home about, but
0: interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on uh, like how they did last week for them, but we'll keep rolling through here. The money also went five and six against the spread this week, so not great. The sharp percentage went six and five against the spread, so I mean we we've seen that be pretty pretty good, and it's important to look at the specific percentage ranges there. But as a toll as a whole, they went six and five against the spread, and if we look to totals, the public went four and four uh, on the under, and. then... A whopping zero and five on the over.
1: <laughs> Goodness gracious, man! They hits <laughs> like no other. Honestly, I know the public's it's... on the over. You, even with the, even if it's like sharp, even if it's like sixty percent bets, but like eighty-eight percent money, like it doesn't matter. Public can't do it. They tried to get smart. They tried <laughs> to get smart in bet unders, and then the games they didn't bet unders on. They uh, and I think I was actually. Um, I'm not sure how I did on totals this week. I'll, I'll get that number for you in
0: a second. But yeah, it was an interesting week for totals. I think it's easier to kind of, I don't know, cap or, or see a game from a total angle as opposed from a spread, because it takes in both teams into account, both both facets. I mean, so does spread betting, but you can look at pace. You can go look at the weather you know, to, to, to find an edge in, in a lot of games, and we see a lot more success, at least I do, and you see a lot more difference between how good the public is versus how good the money and sharps are on the totals as opposed to the spreads. You see a lot of 50-50 when it comes to the spread stuff. So it's definitely something that we're going to be looking for in the future, and we'll probably be betting a lot more totals. And I mean, I've been doing better on totals just myself, so exciting for, for me. Oh,
1: shit. I ended up going sixty two on totals. So, okay, so nothing good week <laughs> on
0: totals. Um, it
1: was the spreads that ended up, I guess, taking me more towards even. But I think it's all game script, like, and that, that's how I tend to play totals uh, before looking at the public monies is seeing, especially with spreads too, and trying to analyze both, is like, what would the game script be for X team to win? Like, say, for the Texans, like they're probably going to want to have it a little bit more low scoring, even though they're in that game by a half point. Uh, they're going to want to really slow down Jalen Hurts in that offense and then dominate the ball control with Damian Pierce and stuff. Um, right. And each team's got to be able to have it. I mean, you look at some of the worst teams, and they're going to end up passing the ball more because they're going to be coming from behind, and they can't afford to run the ball and chew clocks. So... Again, multiple tools in the tool chest. Got to use them all to um, to implement and get the best read on a game. Yeah.
0: So the game script thing is huge because I think in totals, game script is far more important. Whereas, like when you're betting a spread, a turnover, a crazy, a crazy play, a crazy kickoff where they score quickly can really change how the game's going to be from a spread wise or from a spread angle. But from a total angle, yeah, they scored that quickly and that can help your over or hurt your under but in a in a long sense of the word i don't really think it's going to change how the teams are going to play each other yes if that agreed. makes sense
1: yeah i see where you're coming and like like game the jets versus the bills i think was a good example where the public was on the over and there was a 51 percent sharp to the under because people knew that if the jets were going to make this close they weren't going to be able to run with josh allen they're going to have to keep it slow they were yeah. going to have to make it messy turn him over uh, throw some different complicated defenses at him, and that's what they did. They were able to turn him over in the red zone a couple times, uh, keep the game close, get it late, and then end up winning on that field goal. So, uh, game strips are important. So, uh, definitely, if you guys aren't already, definitely uh, be looking into that. So,
0: yeah, honest. Same thing with the Packers and Lions. The, I mean, the spread, the pub, the public and the money were kind of split on the total, but that game was so e- it was such an easy under from the standpoint where. I think Rogers had three picks two of which were in the red mm-hmm. zone and it, there's just so many you can kind of I don't know see those things before the game starts and when you find those edges that's when you can really make a profit and in, in NFL betting yeah exactly I my only bet in that
1: game was AJ Dillon's over 39 and a half rushing yards and he only averaged three yards a carry in that game I, I thought <laughs> um, given how bad that passing offense has been with the lack of weapons so they'd try to implement that rushing game against one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL and the Lions were able to stuff it enough, and then force Aaron Rodgers into a couple mistakes, pull out a win there, which not very Lions esque, but <laughs> props to them. Finally, finally back on the winning streak, or finally back in the win column after uh,
0: quite quite a losing streak. Even yeah. though fan favorites, yeah, the NFC North is a mess right now, unless you're a Vikings fan. But we can get yeah. into that in a little bit. I wanted before we touch on the totals to date for each of these, you know, each of these things that we're talking about the money sharp and spread you know trends i want to highlight how as we go and get more information and get more data when it comes to these trends and stuff it's important to kind of highlight how trends are changing over weeks as opposed to just looking at things as a whole while that is important we can look at you know just for, as a blatant point, we can say that when the public's on the over, they're 30 and 55, which is pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like we can see that they went in week six, they went one and four on the over. They went uh, in week eight, they went or I'm sorry, in week nine, they went zero oh and five on the over. Right. So we see these more bad right now. Right. Than they they may have been earlier in the year. So as we I'll try and highlight that in the coming podcasts and stuff. How things are changing weekly. Like we saw, the sharp differential be you know greater than fifteen percent. We saw the Geico trend be nineteen and two through the first couple of weeks, and we've seen it mm-hmm. kind of it's still doing good as a total. But over the last couple of weeks, it's really hit a, a regression period. So I want to keep that stuff in mind as we talk about these totals as a whole. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think
1: that some uh, trends are going to stay consistent throughout the year, like the public is bad on overs, but then some also will uh, will regress towards the mean, whether in a positive regression or negative regression. And I think it's important to look at that because if you look at the entire year, you might get a misleading um, edge given on how that trend's been over the last four or five weeks uh, versus how it was at the beginning. So uh, definitely important to not only look at it from a holistic point of view. Like obviously the thirty and fifty-five, you can almost at that point be like, "Hey, they're hitting that. They're hitting one of every three bets." Uh, you can probably go the other way, but others that are sixty and seventy-two or uh, closer to even, they might have started off hot and then recently have been bad. So um, it's it's important to to look a little and dive a little bit deeper into the why of all of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with that, let's let's talk about them as a whole. So we'll start with the public, per usual. The public is currently sixty and seventy-two against the spread. Um, that's a forty-five percent win percentage, and you know that their best range is a whopping even. Their best range is between seventy and seventy-four percent. So when you see the when you go into the action network and you look at the public betting percentages, you'll see the bet percentage, and when it's between a range of seventy percent and seventy-four percent, that is the public's best range at three and three. That is pretty terrible. That they don't have any range in which they are actually positive, which is (laughs) mind-boggling. Now, to your point there, though, like given that they're sixteen and seventy-two, and their best range is Mm -hmm. three and three, that means that their worst range has to not be that bad. That's correct. I don't know what that is, but I was gonna say that their worst range is the low confidence range of you know the bet percentage between fifty and fifty-four is fifteen and twenty against the spread. So yes, that's at forty-three percent, which is only slightly below. Where they're
1: forty-five percentage for the year. So, like, basically, what we're saying is, no matter where they bet, as far as confidence, it
0: it's not good. (laughs) It's not terrible, but you definitely don't want to blindly bet it. Right, and that's the kind of point I was trying to make earlier, or just before this topic is how important it is to transition, like how they've been doing every week, uh, as you know, look at the last three weeks as opposed to the entire thing, because earlier in the year we saw this terrible trend between. Uh, 60 and 75 and still not great as a whole that's 22 and 27 so still not great but earlier it was you know almost it was winless to a point and you know going two and nine or something like that so it's important to see how things are doing right now so maybe we don't necessarily want to look at the public to get an edge right now where we should be focused on some of these other things that are hitting pretty well yeah exactly precisely nail in the head there yeah so moving on let's go to the money as we usually do. So the money percentage as a whole is 69 and 63 against the spread, which is a 52% win percentage, their best range, right? So again, when you go into the action network and you look at the public percentage, the public bet percentage and the money percentage, this is essentially the amount of money that's on the game. You have to have a action network pro account to see the money percentage, but sorry for the plug. That's another reason that I release my articles every Sunday morning uh, to kind of, emphasize which teams fall into which ranges you know and i post on reddit and twitter and everything to keep everyone updated but anyway the best range is between 65 and 69 percent at 14 and four against the spread 14 and four against the spread and that's something that we've been highlighting for a while now a range that i really look for and i have had a lot of success betting in even though there's only 20 or 18 games in that Range It's pretty exciting to see such a large differential at 14 and 4. And then their worst range is between the 60 and 64%, which is right below that 65 to 69 at 6 and 19 against the spread. Yeah, and I think
1: that's... You guys get that, I think, because you understand that you really need to wait until the very end, uh, as close to kickoff as you can to get the most accurate data there, uh, which shows when DJ posts his article on... Sunday, like close to kickoff, uh, because you guys and we see the page views. Like <laughs> you, you guys rush to be able to see that information that he's getting. So, uh props to you guys for for starting to understand that. And um and yeah, I mean it, it it's pivotal, um, obviously, because fourteen and four is way different than six and nineteen. That's uh, just a, a hair difference uh that could make the difference. But yeah, you really
0: do need to wait till the end because it'll flip right on its head. Yeah, it, it, it's such a it's that's a good point because when we're looking at it like this, this is like. These are very small ranges that these fit into and it kind of dictates where books are going to end up whether they're going to be end up winning or losing you know on certain games and that's why i find this stuff so fascinating and why these numbers are important in my opinion but the fact that it switches from 16 or i'm sorry 6 and 19 to 14 and 4 at 65 percent is crazy and you do see like a switchback so i'll say all the ranges in the money percentage because it's kind of interesting so between 50 to 54 percent uh money percentage you know the handle teams are 12 and 11 against the spread then above that at 55 to 59 percent we're at 15 and 9 against the spread and then jump to the the worst range which is 60 to 64 percent is 6 to 19. so you go from 12 and 11 to 15 and 9 to 6 and 19. so very variable Lower confidence, we'll call it money percent ranges, but then above that in 5% increments, we got 65 to 69 at 14 and 4, 70 to 74 at 14 and 10, and then anything above 75% is 8 and 10 against the spread. So a little more consistent, but still above that 75, you're not, you're still negative.
1: Yeah, exactly. Again, just to hammer home the point, I mean, you really have to, it's important to see what those
0: intervals are, but um, definitely don't want to be above the 75%. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're focused on there is that 65 to 69. It's been it's been working for us. I'm going to continue looking for teams in those ranges. Moving on, we got sharp differential is 67 and 65 against the spread, where a 51% win percentage, right? So the sharp differential, if you're using the Action Pro, you see that blue number. It's the difference between the money percentage and the public percentage that as a whole is 67 and 65 against the spread, basically even. But Their best range is that updated Geico trend we've been talking about, which is 20 and seven against the spread. And that is anytime the sharp differential is between 20 and 30%. Again, 20 and seven against the spread. And then their worst range is a few of them. The low is the low confidence sharps, right? So between zero and 4%, that's 10 and 17 against the spread or above 30% differential. Um is Owen three. So that's just we have a really small sample size, but interesting to see that it's an 0 for.
1: yeah, I think it's continuing to be interesting to see that those low confident sharps are really struggling. Uh, so where and I feel like I hit this every week is is that the sharp plays, like the big money betters aren't that confident um, in either side. That just shows that, a public's not confident or public might be confident, but the sharps aren't really certain
0: either way. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you can you see. Public at sixty two percent, and you see the the sharps at sixty four percent. Right? It's like uh, I would just I'm just gonna if I depending on the game, I'm usually just gonna go the other side there because if even though Vegas is trying to get an edge and they're trying to beat the people with the money, they're going to you know they're gonna they're gonna make the line a certain number so that it, may, it makes it difficult for everyone. And when those big money betters are not confident that shows that something something's up right like i don't know what's happening but there's a reason to bet the other side and it's been working out clearly um 10 and 17 is a a pretty good record to bet against right you'd be 17 and 10 against the spread i'd 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 take that any day of the week um every day of the week yeah yeah uh moving over to totals we've got the public at 30 and 55, which I said earlier, when the public's on the over, which is a whopping 35% win rate. Love that. It's so funny to me because they're like the public, there's not one, there's one range where the public is actually not terrible on overs, and that is when they're not confident. That's between 50 and 54% of the public bets on the over. They're 10 and 9. But other than that, I mean, I don't have it added up. But it's pretty bad. I have a trend that we'll get to on that in a second once we touch on unders. But hilarious to to me, hilarious. Yeah, I mean y'all y'all know the drill at this point. <laughs> it's
1: it's rinse and repeat. Unders, unders, unders. They're profitable, uh, especially when the public's on the over. Uh, just go the other way at this point. Like we've got nine weeks of data just from this year. But I mean, it's not just this year. It's historical year after year where the unders better than the over because that number gets inflated by the
0: public going for it. So right. I um, wonder. Don't get scared, of unders, <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if next year or even later in the season, we're going to really see because the unders have been so profitable and we've seen just games in general be so low, how much books are going to change, right? Like, are they going to start setting totals between 35 and 45 more consistently rather than like between the 45 to 50 range? Like, that's going to be a big change.
1: It, it's going to be interesting to see. And I'd be. I would be interested personally to be able to see the variation between Vegas line and the total and like what that is at. Like if the unders aren't hitting or sorry, if the overs are missing by on an average of three or four points versus an average of like seven points, um, obviously it wouldn't be seven Vegas. Those people would be fired, <laughs> but um, if it's a high vari- variant and they're going to really make drastic changes because we've seen some totals in the low forties. I mean, that Rams Bucks game was at forty two. Um, I can't remember what that specifically ended at, but I'm, I, I know it went under. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's games now where even with high like good quarterbacks and defenses that are struggling at times, that they're still going under, and it, it, it's going to be hard because you can't put it too low. Because even then, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start going over. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they put a
0: total at thirty five, like you need what you need one score almost in every quarter, and you're gonna get there. Yeah, exactly. This is this is an Iowa football plan <laughs>
1: where they literally can't throw the ball with Petrus. Like they're going to be able to put up points. and Those defenses are good enough to where I mean, you get one pick six, one scoop and score right. with an offense that bad, and all of a sudden you're like, well, shoot, like. <laughs> and so it's tough. Um, I mean, maybe a Bronco. I'm trying to think of what the lowest total would be this year. I think right it's now there's first. a 37
0: or 36, trending down. I'm gonna look real quick. Gosh. Like Broncos, Texans,
1: <laughs> if that game could some, or yeah, Broncos, Texans in Denver with the wind blowing in the middle of a snowstorm.
0: Right now, the Broncos like, Titans would, is 36
1: and a half. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah, that might be one of the, I mean, two great defenses, two offense with Malik Wilson and uh, goodness, Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson. Thank you. I don't know why I played his <laughs> name. But two offenses that
0: are struggling. And we, I mean, what's the spread in that case? The spread is the Broncos are plus two and a half. Plus two and a half against Malik Willis. We can touch on this in a second, like when we get we're jumping ahead of yeah, ourselves, but it bit. is funny to look yeah. that the under the total is 36 and a half, and the bet uh, 76% of the public's on the under, and 87% of the money is on the under right now. <laughs> Disgusting. That's, that, people are learning, We're they're being sharpened. They must be listening to the public, listening to sharpen the public. Well, damn right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's totals, that's all the general, sp- um. To trends and stuff, but some other things I want to highlight before we start looking into the next set of games here is a couple of other important things We're looking at these trends, right? So we've talked about how bad overs are. I want to, <laughs> I want to, I, I saw this the other day when I was compiling all the data. Between, any time that the public is on an over at greater than 65%, they are three and 20. Oh so that is that's the best trend we have. If you're betting on the other side of that, that is 20 and 3. Like when you see a confident over, stay away. It's not happening. Yeah, that that just screams too good to be true.
1: There's a reason. And then the books are laying that trap. And beware if it doesn't move if the if the public's on the over but they're not moving it because they want more money on it. The book the books want people to continue
0: to bet it. Because they know. Yeah, I mean, if we also, if we look at... Right, so they've bet... They're 30 and 55 on overs. That's 3 and 20. That's... What is that? What is 23 out of 85? How many games... Or what percentage of the games have they bet? 65% or more. That's a quarter of them. 27%. So at least if there's no buys, there's going to be at least four games where you can just bet the under and you're going to at least go 3 and 1. That's just incredible. And... Math free money, it's free money is what it is. <laughs> I probably just said a lot of numbers there, but I hope that makes sense. I'll reiterate it again public is three and 20 on overs when they are greater than 65% of the bets on that side. Fucking crazy. Um, but on the other side of that coin, the public, not necessarily public, but the sharp differential on the overs has been good. When it's when it's greater than twenty percent, I've been highlighting this a couple uh, of the previous weeks on Twitter and on Reddit. And two of my best plays these last two weeks have been the Dolphins' last two games, where they've had greater than twenty percent sharps towards the over, and they've hit. Um, specifically, the over twenty percent sharp differential on the over is sixteen and eight right now to date. But if you look at the just between twenty and thirty percent, you're at nine and one. So that's going to I'm still looking for that and that's an awesome trend to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I tailed you on that um on that Dolphins play and I think that there's there are times to bet the over. I was on the over a, a couple of times including some team totals I ended up hitting with the Seahawks and um in the Jaguars this weekend. Like there, there are times to bet the over, but yeah, that that 20% sharp when when the money's on there and, and you see that confidence uh, between the people who are getting paid and make a living off of it, i uh, be on that side. That that's when you should start looking towards the over. And I think the Bears was a good example of that of a team that typically has a very good defense. Their offense has struggled at times this year, and so people are thinking, "Oh, that could be like a little bit like it's a high total, maybe like at forty six and a half, I think it was." Um, and it could go under, but mm-hmm. uh, with the confidence there, as well as uh, some of the game script there, like you knew that Chicago was going to have to score points to win because uh, they weren't going to be able to hold yep. Miami. Uh, that's what we got. We ended up getting a game that flew over. Um, I, think, I don't know what the final score was, but I think it ended close to sixty. So, I think it hit in the third early third quarter. Yeah. I mean, that's a dream come true right there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if it's better that or, like, a game that's 3-3 at half and you have the under. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. They're both pretty good. Yeah. A win's a win, Pat. A win is a win, but there, there's a different level of, sad, like, like, disgustingly dark satisfaction in a 3-0 under that you're just enjoying every bit of that,
0: you know, the casuals are just sitting there like, are wow, we have this on. Like, <laughs> it might be a little better, like when you have when you have a game that's clearly going to go over, and you have the under, and then it somehow hits the under, or vice versa. Those might those, be a those are nice. They're, they're, those I feel like I'm cheating <laughs> the book, but then I know they've cheated me plenty of times. So yeah, yeah, it's a long game. It's a long game. The <laughs> um, last thing I want to get to before we switch to the week ten stuff is highlighting back to the the money again. So I talked about how kind of variable it was between you know, between certain ranges and how we saw, you know, a 14 and four against the spread between 65 and 69% versus a six and 19 against the spread between 60 and 64. But digging a bit deeper, we can see that between or anytime the the money percent is not in the ranges of 60 to 64 or 75 plus, there are two worst ranges. They are 65 and 34 against the spread, which is 65.7 win percent, like a win rate. So outside of those terrible ranges I mean it's hitting at a really great that's a good sample size and that that's one for everyone to really
1: take note of um I mean obviously in the 50s or uh, between 65 and 74 so it, odd numbers to have to remember but uh, I mean that, that's a yeah. 2 for 1 I mean that's much like the the public being terrible on overs that that's another one that you can look right into
0: so yeah it's it's crazy to see like you see them the money percentage as a whole is 69 to 63, but you, when you really take a deeper look at it, if you're betting in the right ranges, you have a 65% win percentage, which is crazy. And that's it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see how relevant and important these trends can be and how powerful they can be. So right. I know you guys know. Does, does that mean that
1: in the range of 60 to 64 and 75 or greater, that they're 4 and 29?
0: They're 14 and 29.
1: Okay. I was about to say, I was like, well, talking about ranges (laughs) that we should be betting almost blindly. Nevermind.
0: 14 to 29 still is about to say that's still a range to fade. So, (laughs) but it's more so coming from that 60 to 65, which is six to 19 because above 75 is eight and 10.
1: Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Awesome stuff. So that's definitely stuff we're going to be looking for as we kind of go into our week 10 slate. So, I figure we should start with the obvious game, the the international game. Uh, we've got Seattle plus three versus Tampa Bay. Not in London this week. It's in Germany. Did you know that? I did not know that. When is that game being played? It's at 930 still. Okay. I don't know if they're in the same. I have no idea if they're in the same time zone as London. I think they are. I've been there. I, I don't remember. But they're playing okay. in the Allianz Arena, actually. Oh, okay. where or Bayern Munich. Yep. yep. It's an interesting game. Seattle's six and three, surprisingly. Tampa Bay's four and five, surprisingly. We've got Tom Brady, who is three and zero in international games, playing Gino Smith, who I don't think has played in one. It's two division leaders. It's a weird. It's such a weird game. I I think Seattle's better than Tampa Bay, so plus three is weird to me.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Seattle's played much better this year, and I, I think that, like at first glance, before looking at anything, that's where my head leans. I think that'll be interesting to see how Brady plays uh, with him not in the US media now with Giselle um, and all of their divorce and everything in the papers. Like, if he can just get away, get over to Germany, I'm sure they're heading there. They're probably over there now. And he can just sort of like clear his head a bit, do his thing, get down to business with the team and and try to get them back on track
0: and win the division. So, yeah, a couple other interesting notes from me for this game. This game I found really interesting. So I'm excited to talk about it. Like, P. Carroll. Hasn't played Tom Brady since the Super Bowl, so he wants some sort of revenge. Um, yeah. Carroll is two and one in his life against Brady, with the loss obviously being the Super Bowl. Sixty-six percent of the bets right now are on Seattle, while eight—I'm sorry, sixty-one percent of the money is on the Bucs. So friends would tell us Bucs here. I like what you said about Brady. You know, coming off the U.S. media, there's not much stuff going on. He's got a chance to clear his head, going to a different place, and he'll probably actually have a lot of the fans there. If I'm going to guess, because he's Tom Brady. So maybe another good a good reason for him there. And that's maybe what the big betters are seeing. But yeah, and to the other point, I mean, you take Seattle, who's 6 and 3 now, and they're going to a
1: media that probably doesn't know Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker, um, and some of those guys. And they've got a chance to prove themselves against the greatest, um, in front of a new crowd and make a name for themselves and get an international audience. So, um, this is a huge game for Seattle. They've got a one and a half game lead on the division, uh, over, um, San Francisco right now, and they can extend that with a big win, and they can sort of put wouldn't be a nail in the coffin given how bad the NFC South is, but um, they they can really put Tampa Bay behind the eight ball.
0: So yeah. this is one of my games of the week for sure. Yeah, it'll be nice to wake up to this one on Sunday. It, it's another funny thing. I think the Bucks have to win all of their games eight no the rest of the season to hit their their win total over. So. Ooh it's a it's a rough look for the nfc south i might have expected some regression but i
1: didn't expect them to struggle as much against their own division which is happening um yeah. like it t- it's scoring three points against the panthers while the panthers have a decent defense like the three points is is <laughs> diabolical at home
0: <laughs> it's not good it's very yeah. it's very bad yeah it'll be interesting to see where the bets and money lie come sunday morning uh i don't know when i'll have my article out sunday morning i doubt this will be ready by 9 30 but i can try a out for you know my tweets and stuff in the morning for that for that game because it is at 9 30 so make sure to set your fantasy lineups as well don't let anything happen don't, don't yep. let anything crazy happen any games that you want to talk about pat before we just keep moving on to the slate Um, no, not too many. I thought um, uh, one interesting note
1: that we were just talking about how bad the NFC South is. um, And the their opposite is the AFC East, where every team is above 500 in the AFC East. Every team is below 500 in the NFC South. So uh, those are two divisions that I'd love to talk about a little bit. Um, And I know uh, Buffalo is is one of those uh, key teams there in the NFC East that are in the thick of it, especially with Josh Allen's injury. So not sure if you had that on your slate, but would love to love to talk a little bit about that game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's move to that one. So the Vikings are plus four in Buffalo to the Bills. This one's been an interesting one throughout the week because the line's been shifting with the looming Josh Allen news. It was at 7.5 for the Vikings, like plus 7.5, and and it's moved to four and minus 3.5 or plus 3.5 in some shops. It'll be interesting. I mean, it really comes down to Josh Allen uh, at this point. I, I think the Bills are way better than the Vikings, even though on paper the Vikings are a better team. I mean, they have a better record. The Bills are 6-2, and two, the Vikings are 7-1. and one. Right now the public's got 68% of the bets on the Vikings, and 86% of the money is on the Vikings, and I assume everyone's just trying to get ahead of the Josh Allen news. So, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting because it really does come down to, to Josh Allen playing or not. If this
1: game gets down to three, I'm betting Buffalo and not thinking twice. This defense is good enough to win the game by themselves. And you have Case Keenum as a backup playing against his old squad, revenge game. Um, <laughs> not not entirely, but, but their team is good enough uh, to win without Josh Allen, as big and obviously instrumental as he is. Uh, they've still got pieces, whether it be Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis right, yeah. and all of those guys they can win the game with their defense. And the Vikings have shown time and time again that they they can come up small in big situations. So uh, while they are 7-1. and one, Sorry, a newly integrated still, uh, Naheem Himes as well. Yeah, Naheem Himes, great pass catching back. I think that was a sneaky pickup. I think we talked about it last week briefly. But uh, he's a sneaky pickup. And I don't know if they're going to go to a run-heavy approach. I doubt it, even with Keith Keenum. But it, I'm sure their offense would change a little bit. I'm sure they wouldn't put up the amount of points they typically do with Josh. But I still think they can come out with a win. I think I people are gonna doubt. I think people are gonna see Kirk Cousins and and Justin
0: Jefferson and all those guys and think, oh, okay, no Josh Allen, they can no? I don't know. I don't I don't disagree with you. I think three is very, very doable, especially at home. I don't know what the weather's supposed to look like, but that's definitely a winnable game no matter who's that quarterback for the Bills, with how talented they are. A few other public betting notes for both these teams. The Bills are four and four against the spread with uh, when the money is on them or the sharp differentials on them, which neither are, they are three and one and th- two and one against the spread. But on the flip side, when the money and when the sharps are on the the Vikings, they are zero and two in both in both categories against the spread. So right now, that's what they have. We've got the public money and sharps all on the Vikings, and obviously this may change depending on what happens. But it, it looks like a good bet as of right now, no matter who plays. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. We'll keep everyone updated on that as we get more information. But moving on, we've got a an NFC North matchup. We've got the Lions in Chicago, plus three. The Lions are plus three. The Lions coming off, obviously, an important NFC North win against Aaron Rodgers and whatever is happening to the Packers. This is an interesting game. This is one where I'm really interested in the total, I think. The total sitting at 48 with 81% of the bets on the over and 94% of the bets on the over. We obviously just talked about how anytime the public has over the, over 65% of the bets on the over, they're 3-20. and 20. And right now the public is 81% on the over here. So that just instantly screams under to me. The sharps aren't high enough to to justify an over. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, the Bears just scored – 30-plus points on the Dolphins. The Lions have shown that they're capable of scoring a lot, even though in a couple of recent games, they haven't.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think this game goes under as well. Um, and looking at PFF, the, their defense has really improved throughout the year um, in, in almost every category. Their co- their pass coverage is still uh, lacking a lot, but pass rush has improved, the tackling, rush defense is all, has all improved throughout the year, and that's against some decent uh, teams, whether it be the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and they allowed 31 to the Dolphins, but um, and their offense, to your point, has really started to fall off a cliff. Um, after scoring twenty-eight or more points in each of their first four games, uh, they've scored a grand total of forty-six points. So, averaging <laughs> eleven and a half points the last four games. And again, good defenses in the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Packers. Dolphins, not so much. Um, and that's where they scored twenty-seven points. But the Packers or the, the Bears have a decent defense, uh, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see um, just where that line ends up being because I lean under there, too. I could totally see something like a, a 27-17.
0: Yeah, like 48 is high. 48 is, as of today's NFL, 48 is a high total. And absolutely. while the Bears did score a lot last week and Chase Claypool is getting integrated and everything, the, they're still the Bears. And it, it's in Chicago. Let's look at the weather. Also a division matchup, which I, and I love divisional unders, so. Division unders are fantastic. It's also going to be 30, between 30 and 39 degrees on Sunday in Chicago, so. Disgusting. (laughs) That's why I live
1: in the South, folks. Apologies (laughs) if you live in the Midwest, but I can't do with the wind and the cold.
0: Not for me. It's not fun, but, but yeah, so that's, that's what we're looking for there. We'll see where the numbers lie by the end of the week as per usual, but. I like the under. The totals actually moved up, right, too, which is I mean, obviously because the money's so high on it. But it's just interesting. It started at forty-six and a half, has moved to forty-eight and a half. Yeah, it might be worth
1: waiting. Um, if you're looking to get on the under, it might be worth waiting. I mean, I doubt it gets to fifty, but I would wait until you see a little bit of pushback. Like if it's at forty-eight and a half and it goes down to forty-eight, I'd grab it then because uh, I doubt it's going to go much higher. That might be the peak of its of its movement up, and then people
0: might start buying it back down as we get closer to the end of the week. Moving on, we've got the public favorite. Uh, I'm sorry, not even public favorite. I don't know. Media favorite Broncos plus three in Tennessee, as we mentioned earlier. This is the lowest total of the day, thirty six and a half. The Broncos are plus three in Tennessee. I mean, this is just going to be an ugly game. I don't want to touch this game with a ten <laughs> foot pole. Like, unless there's a sharp
1: edge, that's like, unless it's in that sweet spot where they're like sixteen and two or whatever, whatever the numbers are. Like, there's no way that I want to touch this game. I might take the under out of respect, but like, <laughs> I I don't feel comfortable with this game at all. I could see this literally being a nine to six no touchdown game. I could see this having three defensive touchdowns, and that being the difference in the over. I I don't know. I bet the over punts. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you probably could. It'd probably cash. Um, I don't know. I I might take a sweetheart teaser with a ten point teaser and tease this down to twenty six and a half, and just be like, you know what, if the under hits, then. Both these teams can go fuck themselves. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but...
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, Disgusting is what it is. It's very disgusting. <laughs> um, we'll just skip it. The Broncos are off a of bye, so keep that in mind. They'll probably score <laughs> 12 points instead of nine because of that. Yeah. Um, moving on, we got the Texans plus five to New York. New York's coming off a of bye as well. Um, the Giants, not the Jets. And the Texans are coming off of Thursday night football against the Eagles. I oh the rare double buy. It's in New York. Like I don't get why this is. This is only five points. The Eagles just dominated the Texans. Well, not I mean did they, they? Did they, they didn't really dominate. They won by twelve and a half. Or yeah, right. The twelve. Points, they were whatever. losing at a point. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It was a Thursday night, so it's anything short sure happen. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think that's why this game is five points though. Um, not because of the Texans showing in that. Well, because of the Texans showing in that game, but. Uh, It's the NFL. I mean, there's going to be a lot of close games and I don't think the Giants should be more than a touchdown favorite against most teams in the NFL. And I mean, the the Texans are the worst. And I I think that this line's probably about right. Uh, You're going to find a lot of people, especially if this line ends up getting the six, six and a half, uh, that'll tease Giants down and say, hey, the Giants won't lose. Yeah, I can see the Texans upsetting them. And I know we mentioned or I mentioned last week about that future of the Giants not making the playoffs at plus 185. This would be a one a huge win for that but I would not be shocked if the Giants lose this game outright as good as the Giants have been I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants at home just lay an egg uh, after a loss to Seattle uh, you get a week off you're supposed to get ready uh, get right um you would think that they that they should be a big favorite here and I just I don't know there's something fishy about this game the Texans are
0: are a gritty team I feel like well, the money agrees with you. Right now, you've got seventy-two percent of the money on the Texans, while around fifty-three percent of the bets. So, they have Dang. the large sharp differential, which is always a good sign to see. As we've as we've touched on in the beginning, half of the pod. So, you're right. You're right there. So, that's crazy to me. I mean, maybe if that line touches six or six and a half, it's it's like an automatic bet. Like that's that's.
1: Yeah, and it would blow the doors off of the Giants hype train. That is right. If it happened, then you're like, oh, okay, they're a fraudulent six and three. Here comes the free fall. Yeah. In which case, you could probably get some good numbers on the Giants. Like, yeah, people are starting to buy into the Giants. I think they're giving them lines that they don't necessarily deserve. Um, if I go over to PFF. Um, the Giants are still the thirtieth best team as far as overall grade. <laughs> it's terrible. They have not, they have not graded out well. They're sandwiched between the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans, who are thirty first. This should be a close game on paper, uh, via the in depth analytics. Obviously, you cannot go by those solely. I understand that the Giants have looked like a much better team than the Texans. I get it. Just feels like a
0: good letdown spot. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you after hearing your explanation. And I love it. It is one of the only games that also right now, the total fits above that 65% public on the total. The total sits at 40 and a half and 85% of the bets and 94% of the money are on the total. <laughs> I don't understand how people believe in these teams to score that much, but it is what it is. I,
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Speaking of teams that don't score much, I'd love to talk about the saints and the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers are coming off a bye um, and it'd be interesting to see what they look like after the bye with um, with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I like uh, to see them, how man. I do, too. What's the line? It's three points. They're home dogs. I mean, i talk about a letdown spot. The Saints have looked good the last couple weeks, though. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that up if they're like uh, going to start making strides and make a playoff push. I say playoff push because even though they're three and six, they're only one game out of their division. And a win here all takes them like right towards the top, so it'd be interesting. But you know, the Steelers, coached by Mike Tomlin, they're not gonna they're not gonna fall on their face uh, often. They're gonna they're gonna push. So I don't necessarily trust them. But plus three is a home dog. Sounds like a sounds like a spot where they lose by a field goal. Yeah, I think that
0: I think that spread's about spot on. I, I like them here, and we'll we'll see where the the numbers lie. Right now, the money the sharps are on the Saints, while the Steelers have the public and slightly have the money. So. That is pretty bad for the Steelers, but obviously there's only six thousand bets, and we can see upwards of a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand come Sunday, so that will definitely change. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that line ends up. If
1: it, I feel like it'll probably end up at three. I doubt the bookmakers will want to move it to three and a half, but I feel like it's gonna end at three and be like a stern three, where they're like, "Yep, this is the line. Like, there's no way you're moving us off it." So
0: there are. We'll yeah, there's a couple more games I want to touch before we. Head over to the last segment where I asked my Twitter followers for some questions, and I'm excited to get to that. So, let's try and wrap up a couple games here. So, anything else left on the slate, Pat, that you want to touch?
1: Uh, no, I'll touch on the
0: Jags quickly.
1: Bet the Jags plus nine and a half. <laughs> um, they're my team. Uh, they're not actually my team. The Commanders are my team, who also bet plus eleven uh, against Philly. Ee. Double digits, man. Double digits. Um, but night. yeah, big, big dog. <laughs> hey, don't, don't,
0: don't,
1: uh, don't doubt primetime. Um, I should probably know our quarterback's name,
0: <laughs> Taylor Heineke.
1: <laughs> Taylor Heineke, yeah, yeah, right. You're, I, I would love for you to edit that out, but out of respect, I'm sure you nope. won't. Um, yeah, but I, all jokes aside, plus 11 is a huge spread. Plus nine and a half is a huge spread. The Jags have been pretty gritty. Um, that offense is starting to really go with Travis Etienne, who. I believe, was your comeback player of the year. Yes. Am I correct? Correct. At plus uh, 3,300, and he's now only – he's plus 2,500 because Geno Smith is leading that charge, but uh, he now with multiple 100-yard games is starting to gain a charge or have a charge there. So uh, if he continues that trend, we could be in for quite a ride um,
0: towards the end of the season. So I've got almost a unit on that, so that would be a huge win. It'd be – yeah, it's – Huge for that offense that James Robinson is no longer there because Etienne is clearly the going to be a premier back in the NFL, and he needs to have those reins, you know, released. He's he's going to be he he reminds me of a
1: Alvin Kamara back when like when he was in his prime, and like I know that's lofty expectations, but he's got the pass catching ability, the versatility. He can really line up anywhere. He can line up at receiver. Um, he, he's easy a do it all back. So uh, I I'm, I'm I love watching their
0: games just because they have so many developing pieces there. It'll be fun. Right, so. right. I agree. Um, the last game I want to talk about before we head to the the question segment is the Cowboys and the Packers. The Cowboys are headed to Green Bay and headed to Lambeau Field at minus four and a half. Um, this is the largest I think Aaron Rodgers has ever been as a home dog at five points, which is crazy obviously it's pretty deserved they've been shitty the entire season and have not met expectations whatsoever after just coming off a loss to the to the lions the public's on the on the cowboys right now 72 percent. but the money is um and the sharps are on the packers there's a 21 percent sharp differential right now and i don't know if it's because people expect so much more of the packers and rogers or if it's because they see something but I I mean five po- The Cowboys are better than the Packers. Their defense is is far better, and Aaron Rodgers does not look like he can do anything without Devonte Adams.
1: No, and I don't know if it's necessarily Aaron Rodgers' fault. Not that you're not that you're saying it is, but I mean, with all the receiver injuries they've had as well, it's it's been brutal for him. Um, there's only so much they can do. I mean, his receiving grades are some of the worst in the NFL this year. The pass box been okay, um, but th- that team. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do anything against the Dallas defense. They weren't able to do much against the Lions. I mean, he was able to throw for nearly three hundred because he was forced to, but uh, turnovers, bad routes—it's um, it's tough sledding. Um, and I can see Aaron Rodgers throwing a pick or two in this game as well, given how Trayvon Diggs loves to <laughs> jeopardize or yeah, jeopardize coverage for the sake of getting an interception. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, but I, I lean Dallas here, but I think it could also be a trap line where everyone is so down on Green Bay. Right, I don't know. I'm interested to see where that line ends. Yeah, because like in my head, this should be like a seven-point
0: spread. Yeah, that's kind of. But there's a reason at. it's five. Right. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see, honestly. Um, as most things are. But that's that's the important thing about trying to get an edge in sports betting. It's not easy, and you have to take every single angle to, into account. And that's why we're bringing these trends to you because it's fascinating, and I know you guys like it too because you all us on Twitter and stuff. So that's a perfect transition to finally getting to a question segment that I've really wanted to do for a while. And I've got a couple followers that have are starting to ask questions a lot. So really, I really appreciate that. Keep, keep them coming. I'll start um, asking on Twitter every week before we're about to record the podcast, you know, to, to ask me some questions so we can get this ball rolling a little more. But right now I've got three quick questions that I want to roll, run through some, from some of the followers. So the first one um, I got was from Timothy. He asked, can you expand on your data set to include previous seasons as well? And yes, that that I do. I have that that information um, going back to 2019. Uh, we don't really talk about 2020 a lot because it was COVID. Um, but I have all the information and can can I answer questions regarding that, if that makes sense. I think the data that I have today is a lot more accurate as I feel very into this now as I'm providing the information as a public forum type of thing and providing the information to others and collecting data in a much more sophisticated manner rather than me just kind of every week putting inputting things and doing whatnot. Um, Today's information and continuing on is always gonna get better and better. Um, But I do have information regarding previous years. But yeah, so one thing just based on that question is As I was looking through the previous years, just kind of look at some interesting trends and see if anything correlated. In 2019, and as well as 2020, through those two years, the public money percentage, when it was in the range of 60 to 65, which is the range that we have today that's really poor, that's 6 and 19, through those last couple of years that I've talked about, it was 34% win percentage as well. So over year on year on year, that specific range, that sixty to sixty four percent range for the money is terrible, <laughs> which is fascinating.
1: That is incredible. <laughs> uh, that year after year that is continuing to to be poor. And that's something of note because sometimes you can like have a trend that might just be bad this year. It just might get for whatever reason um stuck and, and just be poor. But that is one that we're seeing year after year be poor. Um
0: which is interesting because it's a very specific range. Yeah, you you would expect most things to kind of congregate to 50, 50, 50. and that's why this stuff's so important and fascinating because it's not always that way. So, shout out to Tim for 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 asking that question. I have plenty of data that I can ask. Like if you ask more specific questions, I'm happy to answer stuff. But I do have a lot of data dating back to 2019. So just ask me any, any question that you're interested in, and I'll try to try to incorporate that more into the podcast and my Twitter and Reddit posts and stuff um, going forward. So thank you. Um, Next question from uh, another, one of my active Twitter followers that I appreciate hearing from. She says, have you begun comparing the public bets ratio in college football? She's been using the method in college football for, for totals and, and and caching. And that's awesome to hear. I personally have not started tracking it um, from college football. I've been asked it from a couple of people to do that to other sports and i've started to expand to the nba it's it's tough it's a lot of it's a lot of compiling and and i want to get to that point one day but maybe when i don't have my nine to five full-time job so it's something that we want to do in the future but it's it's a lot of effort um it's awesome to hear that trends are kind of typical and that doesn't surprise me um you're not going to see as many bets on specific games so that comes into play like we we are seeing in the nba Struct differential plays a role. These things play a role, but the the amount of which they play that role is always going to change. So a great thought nonetheless, but it's a lot of effort to put into, um, and maybe one day.
1: Yeah, I think... I, th- I think that involves, like, a lot of automation and, like, probably pulling from an API to be able to get that and speed up that process from our end. So uh, not stuff that we necessarily have access to yet, but college, college football would be interesting because uh, there's so many teams compared to professional sports right? as well. Like, you could probably narrow it down and just do data for Power 5 teams, but even that, you're looking at 60, 70 teams compared to 30, 32, so... Yeah, um, and if you go to basketball, which would be interesting. I mean, you're looking at goodness, goodness, like tons and tons. <laughs> yeah, in so. the NBA. But it's that it's something that I would be interested in personally for sure. But again, it's just so. Um, if if there was a way that we could automate it or build a foundation
0: like a business off of it, then hey, maybe maybe we explore that. Yeah, one day. Uh, I I have automated my spreadsheet tenfold from when I started it, but it's still. Still, a lot of manual work to, to put in the effort to, to get all the information compiled for your, all the stuff that we already do. And in regards to like the NBA, even though it's the same amount of teams, or it's 30, it's actually less teams, it's every day, right? So it's not just compiling every once a week. So that's one, one of the great things about the NFL is how often it's bet, how, how, and how little the games are played in comparison to the other sports. So. Yeah. And the amount
1: of bets that are on it that make the numbers so sharp and the importance of the numbers.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of levels. And one day when we blow up and stuff, it'll be possible, but soon. (laughs) Yeah, it's the dream. That's the dream. Um, Lastly, I got, this is the one that I'm really excited to kind of bring to you guys. And I highlighted at the beginning is I've been wondering this myself, right? So one of the one of my followers asked he's curious how teams perform against the spread when they fall under the holy trinity or two of the three main trends that we've talked about right the sharp differential money percentage and the public percentage and a holy percent a holy trinity to me is we've kind of dubbed it that but it's a brief right when the sharp was over 15 when the sharp differential is greater than 15% when the money percentage is greater than 65% and when the public percent for the opposite team is between 60 and 75%, we've seen all three of those trends be very very profitable when betting, you know, in relation to that. And it was interesting to look at. So I I took I took that as a great question and I went to find out the answer. So as for the Holy Trinity, it's only happened twice. It's happened uh once in week 5 and once in Week seven, I think. So week five, the Bears versus the Vikings. And that actually was a win. So that gives that record a 1-0. And then it also happened again in week seven with the Jets versus the Broncos, where it didn't cover. The Broncos actually had a greater than 30% sharp differential and um, too high of the money. They had over 75% of the money and didn't cover. So I'm not going to consider that one the Holy Trinity. So overall, however, 100-plus games that we've had, the Holy Trinity has only happened once and it covered. So, something to look at. Pretty cool. <laughs> I, I doubt that. I doubt
1: that happens more than well, one more time this year. Maybe it's a five unit play when it I does. <laughs> <laughs> when it does, yes. When it does, absolutely. And I think we'll be all over that when it does happen. So, um, you're going to need to make sure that you have notifications on for Dietz because that's going to be the play of the year <laughs> Yeah.
0: when it does. Yeah. The other, like we've seen them all three be on teams and stuff. But they they eventually drop out, and that's important to note. While we do look like while I look at these, I look at these stuff basically every day. So I'll I'll try and keep that in my in the back of my mind as I look forward to it. But another part of that question was seeing if two of the three main trends uh, were in the key ranges and how that looks. So I also took that into account, right? So if we had the money and the sharp, or the public and the sharp, or the money and the public, I'll start with the money and the public because. That didn't happen as much without the sharp differential. It's kind of like difficult, right? To have money in public in specific ranges without having the sharp differential in that specific range. It's only happened tw- twice through the year, and that's one in one. So it's basically nothing. But moving to the other two, when you have the money percentage above 65% and the sharp differential above 15%, and then when you have the public percentage on a team, at between sixty and seventy-five, and then the on the other team, the sharp differential is fifteen percent or greater. Those are the two really, really important ones to look at. Starting with the the publics and the sharps being in conjunction, that is eleven and eight to date, which you know doesn't sound great, honestly. But we had week seven where the money and the sharp differential got railed, and if you take there, there was four losses in that one week for that. So if you take that one week out it had no wins it would be 11 and 4 to date so that's interesting but the kicker is the money and the sharp percentage when you have those two in conjunction without week two week seven this the bloody week seven um it is 21 and seven when you have those two damn so that is absolutely something i'm going to be looking for in the future and everyone else should be too when you have the money percentage greater than 65 and a sharp differential at 15 plus that's a great sign. Even though it's kind of scary, right, to see numbers so high, public money so high. Twenty-one and seven, excluding week seven. If you include week seven, it's twenty-one and eleven, which is still pretty good. But keeping out week eleven or week seven to to sharpen the point.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, it's it's hard to take out anomalies and stuff like a weeks, but yeah, I mean that that that's numbers that if if we're getting
0: both. They qualify then you absolutely should be ripping yeah so. it, i was i was always wondering like if this was if this mattered if it mattered to to combine the two and clearly it does and it doesn't happen often for the other ranges and stuff clearly but yes they do matter and great question thank you for for asking that but yeah with that i'll kind of leave ending it there please please keep reaching out to us on twitter and reddit we we really appreciate it Things are going really well, as we said in the beginning, and it only, you know, justifies us grinding even harder. So I'll start asking for more questions and stuff, but thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Thanks everybody. Boys been better with beer. We miss you, Andy. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharpen the Public. A lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at Happy Hour Sports. So we would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.